What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, I got a little memory game here that's going to illustrate something we'll talk about today. You ready to play? I'm ready. Hit me, Ron. All right. One banana. One banana. One banana, two elephants. One banana, two elephants. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings from my ex. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings from my ex. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings from my ex, four refrigerators. Who's getting harder on? One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings from my ex, four refrigerators. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings from my ex, four refrigerators, five Rolls Royces. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings for my ex, four refrigerators, five Rolls Royces. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings for my ex, four refrigerators, five Rolls Royces, six Netflix shows. One banana, two elephants, three diamond rings, four Rolls Royce. You got me, Ron. (laughs) And there you have an illustration of how tough it might be to win parlays. Welcome to the Everything Guide to Sports Betting Podcast. Learn how to be a smarter better from the experts at VEASAN, the sports betting network. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Flatter and Josh Applebaum. Yes, parlays, one of the topics we're talking about today on our show, Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VEASAN. Josh Applebaum there, Ron Flatter here. The memory test. You know, I actually wrote this thing. I had a lot more faith in you, Josh. I took this all the way to 30, and I tripped you up at, what, six, so... You You know, Ron, I can tell you, I am very humbled. I can tell you uh, the Red Sox starting lineup in 1999, but I didn't know where you were going with that. I, I, you, you got me there. That's not my strong suit. So um, I I was a great illustration though of parlays, which we're going to talk about. Uh, The more uh, rhymes you add, the more numbers you add, the more bets you add, the, the more risk you assume and the harder it is to get it right. 
Parlays are simply this, multiple bets tied into one, but you gotta win them all. The more you tie in, the more you win. But we should warn you this, the house, the bookmakers, especially in Nevada and Las Vegas, where they've been doing this for decades, oh, they feast on parlay players. So we'll talk all about that. Also about teasers, the pros and cons of both. And we'll even get into those two terms you hear us talk about all the time, sharps and the public. There's other names for the public we'll get into as well. But let's go ahead and dive into parlays and how many different ways there are to go about it. And maybe, I don't know, does this tie in for you, Josh, to the very discussion of sharps and the public? I think it does, Ron. And, you know, uh, what's funny to me is when I first started betting on sports, I loved parlays. Uh, parlays, what are they? They're basically a get-rich-quick way to, uh, you know, bet a little bit of money and hopefully end your night with a lot of money in your pocket. Kind of think of it as maybe a scratch ticket. You know, you, you see a lot of times on an NFL Sunday, you know, recreational bettors love and even uh, some sharps here and there, although they tend to avoid it and uh, avoid parlays. We'll talk about why. But it's all about kind of the mentality of trying to um, become a millionaire overnight, you know, getting uh, winning more money quickly. And there's a lot of reasons why actually you're kind of playing right into the sports books hands overall. But first, we got to mm -hmm. defi define, Ron, like you mentioned, what is a parlay? A parlay yeah, is way, also we should go ahead yeah. and note this. If you're playing in a, a shop, in a house, in a casino, you play Keno, the more numbers you play in Keno, the tougher it is. When you play a slot machine, the more lines you play, the tougher it is to get the payoff. Yes, the payoff is bigger, but in that respect, I think you understand the risk reward and it ties right into the very definition of parlay. Yeah, and Ron, I think with parlays, it's all about the psychological risk reward. You feel like you're risking a little bit. I'm only putting 10 bucks down, but if I cash my parlay, I can win, you know, if the teams I bet on, whether it's two, three, four, whatever the number is, I can make a lot of money if they all win. So um, a, a lot of new bettors really, and again, this happened to me where I loved betting parlays when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I bet on my my beloved Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics, my favorite teams. <laughs> I made all these mistakes that I now uh, have learned over the years to avoid. But basically with the parlay, um, what you're trying to do is get a big payout overall. However, you know, the one thing you got to remember about parlays is that every single leg of the parlay, and we call them, you know, legs or the teams involved in the parlay, they all have to win because if any of them lose, you lose the entire parlay. So, you know, whether you have a five team parlay and you go four and one and four of them win, but one loses, you lose that entire parlay. And I think this is important where, you know, talking about bankroll management and strategies for, you know, you know, uh, I'm a proponent of flat betting overall, where, you know, if you have a parlay and you go four and one, you lose the whole thing. But if you had bet those games individually and went four and one, you would have stacked, you know, two and a half, three units overall uh, unit would be, you know, um, basically your, your um, how much you're risking on each game. Uh, in a consistent manner and what you're getting back in return. So, uh, Ron, what's your take on parlays? Did you love parlays growing up like everybody and then slowly learn that it's kind of a, what we call a, a penny slot or a sucker's bet? I'm still learning, Josh. <laughs> you know, I, I hang around <laughs> with Brent Musburger, one of the great parlay players of our times. Uh, there are times I will play a modest parlay. I won't play the 10-leg parlays or anything like that. I might go, you know, the old two-way parlay, and we'll get into teasers in a bit, and that's sort of a, it's a different animal, a different uh, animal with uh, uh, maybe the same stripes in some ways. But I did play them uh, quite a bit back in the day, back when I would also play the lottery. And the lottery is much the same thing. You're actually asking 
uh, for bigger odds to try to get that big payoff, but the chances of you getting it are, are a lot less. And once I learned that, it's, it's like the old example I always use with the lottery. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just say one, two, three, four, five, six? And somebody will tell me, well, what are the odds of that happening? I go, exactly the same as any combination of numbers you choose, exactly the same. So that it makes that illustration. And I think parlays, to a great degree, are the same way. One of the things that uh, is tempting with parlays is you'll see heavy favorites, favorites that might be minus 300, minus 350, minus 400, where they seem like a sure thing to win the game. Such a sure thing that if you bet on them individually, that you got to bet $400 just to make that extra 100 Why do that when you can go into a parlay, take all those sure things, put them all together, and get a much better price? But a funny thing happens on the way back to the window. One of those sure things ain't a sure thing and ends up losing the game. And it doesn't take much to do that. So I think that illustrates what a parlay is and why, yes, I tend to touch those with 10-foot poles. Yeah, I think, Ron, you know, a couple things just to, you know, piggyback on that. Number one, when you're betting parlays, in theory, you're parlaying because you're very confident in multiple teams. So if you really love the Bucks minus three this weekend, you love the Jets uh, getting seven points, instead of betting them individually, you know, and maybe you're laying minus 110 juice on both, you could parlay them, you know, tie them into the same bet. If they both cover, you know, roughly a two-team parlay in the NFL at minus 110 odds is going to pay out about plus 250 in terms of odds overall. So you risk 100, both cover, you'll get 250 back. It sounds like a great deal overall. But the thing with parlaying is the more, um, the, basically, the more legs of a parlay you add on, the more risk you assume. And, you know, we can look at a three-team parlay where, where it pays out on minus 110 juice, uh, plus 600, a four-teamer, plus 1,100, uh, a five-teamer, plus 2,200. You really get sucked into these big payouts. And uh, oftentimes, again, someone told me this a long time, and it has stayed with me, and I'm so glad I learned it somewhat early, even though I had to lose a lot of bets to learn it. But uh, there's no such thing as a lock. There's no such thing as a guarantee. Don't ever believe anyone who tells you this team is a lock, this team's a guarantee. There's no such thing when it comes to sports betting. Um, and as a result, you know, you'll see a lot of times new bettors, they'll, like you mentioned, Ron, just parlay a ton of big money line favorites saying, you know, this team is a 10 point favorite, then I'm going to parlay them on the money line because maybe they'll win by nine and not cover, but they have to win the game. They're guaranteed to win the game. Um, however, you got to remember upsets happen and this is why the sports books make so much money. So um, to me, kind of just, you know, the other thing I learned about parlays, Ron, is a lot of sports books really promote them, especially on social media. And you always got to ask yourself, you know, why? So I look mm -hmm. at, you know, on, on NFL <laughs> Sunday. And yeah, this, this, is a, this is a great thing because it really made it, you know, put it into perspective for me. I see different sports books tweet out, you know, a screenshot of a ticket where check out this, you know, uh, John Smith of Georgia. He cashed a 14 team parlay. He turned $200 into $100,000 or, you know, check out this person who cashed this 12 teamer, turned five bucks into, you know, 10,000. Why are the odds makers promoting this? Why are they putting it out there? You would think if they're taking a big hit on these parlays, they'd want to keep them quiet. They wouldn't want people to know that um, it's a good way to make money. So the, why do they do that? Again, if it looks too good to be true, it almost always is. And it's oftentimes that all, it seems like you're going to like, you'll have a 14 parlay. You always win three. It's that last one you always lose. But Ron, when I was researching my book, this put it into perspective for me, uh, the hold percentage. 
Um, mm -hmm. Ron, what is the hold percentage? There, pop quiz. Right, the hold percentage is what is the profit for the house. That's what they make off the handle. The handle is the total amount bet. The hold is the amount of money that the house holds. So you take the total handle, every dollar bet, win or lose, what does the house keep? That's where you base the hold percentage. You're exactly right, Ron. And why is the hold percentage important? Because um, this really, really, uh, really, you know, illuminates why parlays are um, kind of a not a smart bet overall. Again, you can pick and choose specific scenarios where maybe you find value, but parlays in general provide a huge hold percentage for the house, for the sports books. That's why I kind of consider them the penny slot of sports betting. So when I was researching <laughs> my book, The Everything Guide to Sports Betting, I, I, I got deep into Ron. If you're ever bored, check out the UNLV Center for Gaming Research Study. They, oh, my goodness. Uh, From lips to God's ears, I actually was just now <laughs> looking that up on my phone, and I was about to quote numbers that you probably have in a much better position and greater context than I do. <laughs> See, this is the case of the teacher being one page behind the student. <laughs> oh, no, we were on the same page here, Ron, because this really blew me away. You know, I was looking at parlays, and I was looking at – uh, the numbers that the Nevada sportsbooks have to, um, you know, they have to uh, show them to um, the gaming commission. So they report the numbers, their handle, their their house, uh, the hold percentage, how much money they made, you know, sport by sport, bet types, whatever it may be. But this will blow you away. Uh, from 1982 to 2019, the Nevada sportsbooks had a average hold percentage of around 30% on parlays in the major sports. Now, without context, that doesn't really mean much, but when you look at regular individual bets, individual sports, whether it's, you know, baseball, football, basketball, um, the average hold percentage is around 5%. So what does that mean? It means that basically the books are making a killing off of parlays. They're keeping 30 cents on every dollar of a parlay bet. They're only keeping five cents on every dollar of a regular individual NFL bet. So this is why sportsbooks promote parlays on social media. That's why uh, parlays are considered a sucker bet, a penny slot, because the book is just they're operating with such a huge edge that it really gives them the advantage. And the better is at a huge disadvantage overall. Um, so, again, you know, I think with parlays, kind of the name of the game is um, don't make them your only bet type. Don't make them your number one bet type if you want to place a parlay bet here and there um all the power to you i hope that you win but just know that you're at such a disadvantage and the books have such an advantage over you as a better when it comes to parlays so uh the, the house makes a killing off parlays the better does not so just take that uh with you uh longer gambling journey know that that uh, is kind of against you you're swimming upstream when it comes to winning on parlays one of the recurring themes in this series, the Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN, is jargon. And we talk about sharps and the public. When we talk about sharps and the pros and the wise guys, and even we get to the bigger versions of those, the whales, those are the professional bettors. They're the ones when we are looking at facts and figures on sports betting that they may make fewer bets, but they pour more money into them. Sometimes we will talk about betting favoring a particular team based on the dollars bet those generally 
are sharp dollars from the professionals. Otherwise, we might say more tickets were written, more actual bets were made on a team. That tends to follow the public, the average Joes, the casual bettors, the recreational bettors, the weekend warriors, the squares. They're the ones who bet less, but they may end up making more actual bets. So that's why we'll differentiate between the two. Josh, as you're applying that knowledge into bets, because when we look at those numbers as they're expressed, and those reports come out all the time, they may be too much for the beginning gambler to handle, but you start to follow that a little bit. You hear us on VSIN or wherever you might be consuming your gambling news talking about, well, the squares are with this team, but the sharps are with another. That includes parlays, does it not? It definitely does. And, uh, you know, I think, Ron, this is another important distinction overall because, again, you want to know not only the rules of the road when you're betting, the betting fundamentals, but again, the jargon and kind of knowing difference between what we call sharps and squares and squares is kind of a you know it has a bad connotation it sounds like you're kind of making fun of someone or belittling them um, i shouldn't really have said means... it josh i should not have yeah. said that you know and it's you know, self-deprecation if you will no but that ron you're right no those are kind of the terms you'll hear a lot overall but again same thing with you know what we call a square better would be an average joe a casual better a recreational better the type of better who bets for fun loves sports bets for entertainment loves to bet when they get home from work. It's kind of an escape from real life. They can uh, bet on a game and kind of, um, you know, kind of just have fun overall. But the big distinction to me with the public, and you gotta remember the public is making up the vast majority of the market. I would venture to say the public is 90%, 95%, 98% of the overall market. Like true sharps are very, very unique. And they're, they're a, a, a small minority um, of the overall betters in general. but. Um, when you're thinking about the public, they're betting. The big thing to me is they're betting based on gut instinct. They're betting based on bias. They're betting based on favoritism. They're betting their favorite teams, their local teams. They're betting games based on one loss records. Give me the favorite with the better record. Give me um, the Lakers just because they have LeBron James. They don't really look at a lot of you know market factors. They don't spend a lot of time handicapping games. They're going to bet on big name teams, popular teams. They're going to be very attracted to favorites and overs in general. Um, they're typically going to bet small amounts on games and they're really going to bet with their heart, not their head. And that's mm. the worst thing you can do because um, you want to bet with your head, not your heart, the, the opposite side overall. But more often than not, the public loses. Um, and really, that's why um, I'm a contrarian better, Ron. I don't know if you knew that, but um, I like I've to heard bet against that somewhere, the Josh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, down the road, which uh, it's a badge of honor. A contrarian, uh, it's tough being a contrarian sometimes, but it's, it's kind of the long-term way to, uh, to, to hope, I think, make a smart bet in general. It's interesting, too. Contrarians at the polls in November often make a big difference in elections. Oh, wait a minute. I, I seem to be confusing things just a little bit here. Uh, before we throw water completely on parlays, let's say I'm a stubborn guy and I want to bet parlays. What advice would you give for those who must have action on parlays? Well, I think in terms of betting parlays, I would look at it as, you know, again, avoid them if you can. But if you want to make a parlay bet, to me, it's always about getting the best number. If you see a situation where maybe you set your own power ratings and power ratings are key. And again, you know, I would recommend everyone try to set their own power ratings. We have some great info at vsin.com to kind of get you started. But um, if you have what you consider an edge where there, maybe there's two different teams where um, you know, you have the Celtics based on your power ratings as a five point favorite, the books are listing them minus three. 
boom, to me, that would be an edge. And if you can identify multiple teams where you have an edge and you can get a good number on both, you can beat the closing line, which means um, basically you're paying a, a cheaper price than what the line closed at. You basically beat the market overall. Then those are situations where um, if you have an edge on multiple games, then okay, you can place that parlay bet. Um, to me, the other thing is, you know, you do see oftentimes, you know, uh, basically a parlay will cash a huge bet overall. But you got to ask yourself, Ron, if this guy finally won a parlay, he won $1,000 on a $10 bet. How many $10 bets did he make until he won that bet, he or she? Yeah. So to me, it's kind of that once in a blue moon where you're just you're chasing that big win. Whereas if you had kind of limited those parlays, placed those more individual bets, been a little more disciplined with your bankroll, um, you wouldn't have had that huge cash win, that one-time payment, but you could have stacked a little a little more money along the way. So again, I'm, I'm of the opinion to avoid parlays. I think, again, if you can bet, be disciplined. And again, sports betting is all about discipline. That's really the difference between pros and recreational bettors, in my opinion, is that if a recreational better sees a Monday Night Football game, they're going to bet it because they need the action. Mm -hmm. Whereas if a, a pro better sees a Monday Night Football game, they crunch their numbers. They look at the matchup. They don't see any value. Um, they're going to lay off. And that's another distinction overall. But again, the power to lay off a parlay, avoid a parlay. To me, in the end, that's going to benefit you more than it's going to hurt you. Yeah. And by the way, parlays, bookmakers will tell you a lot of parlays are tied into that Monday night football game. It's your last chance to try to get something done before you have to wait a few days till Thursday night. All right. So we've talked about parlays. What about teasers? Well, you've got multiple teams and you're betting those to win. Well, isn't that just as silly a bet as a parlay? If you think parlay bets are silly, not so fast, my friend, as somebody once said on a football show. We'll talk about that next on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN, talking parlays and teasers today. And so let's get to teasers. So, Josh, I said... I look at a teaser and I see, well, this is a multiple team bet. It's a parlay. But there's an important distinction between teasers and parlays that allows professional bettors to take a look at teasers. Yeah, Ron, teasers, again, they're kind of uh, the cousin or the brother of a parlay, but they're a little bit different overall. So instead of um, a parlay, you know, you're taking the odds available to you that the books that the books are providing what you're doing with a teaser is you're adjusting the spread or the total in your favor to get a better number overall. So when you think about it, you'll often hear a lot of recreational betters or any kind of better, um, a sharp better as well, saying, I'm going to tease up this team. I'm going to tease down this team or this line. And basically, the more you change the line, the smaller the payout is going to be. But also, the more teams you involve in the teaser, um, the bigger the payout is going to be. So there are a lot of pros and cons overall. But again, the similarity with, with teasers as uh, as with parlays, same sort of thing. It's a multiple team bet, but they all have to win. They all have to cover in order for you to win. You could have a, a six-team teaser and you could win five of them, but if you lose one, you lose the entire bet overall. So they're really mostly, um, and again, only for point spreads and totals, which is why they're really just football, basketball. But the most common uh, teaser when you're looking at the NFL and football in general is usually either six points, six and a half points, or seven points. So kind of the six the six point teaser is, is your biggest, most popular one overall. So what would this mean? This means that let's say uh, the Dolphins are plus three this weekend um, against the Jets. You could tease them up to plus nine. You could add six points to get a better number there. Um, on the flip side, let's say the Rams are a seven point favorite against the Cardinals. You could tease the Rams down to minus one. So basically, when you're teasing up, you're adding six points. When you're teasing down, you're taking away six points. Same thing with totals. You know, maybe you really, really like an over and you tease a total down from 45, six point teaser down to 39. Long story short, there's a lot of semantics, a lot of fine print, but all you're doing is adjusting the spread based on that six point, six and a half point, seven point, whatever it may be. And then your payout payout will be determined by how, how big of a number you've adjusted and how many teams are involved in the teaser. Um, but Ron, anything I missed there that you would like to add for teasers? Uh, there's a bunch, and it's not that you missed it. It's just that we're going to elaborate right now. One of the things that you look at in teasers 
Because as we talked about key numbers in another episode of the Everything Guide to Sports Betting, key numbers being 3, 7, 10. When you have a teaser, one of the things you want to try to do is tease through key numbers. And if you can, tease through a couple of them. Let's say in an example that you give that the Rams are six-point favorites. Okay, that means the team that they're playing is a six-point underdog. Let's use your example of the Cardinals. So here they are at six. If you add six points to that, you tease that six up to 12, you're teasing through two key numbers, seven and 10. So that gives you that much more of an advantage in that circumstance, particularly in game situations where teams could be about to get to seven, about to get to 10. Conversely, let's say the Rams are favored by eight and a half. Tease them down to two and a half, and you've gone through two key numbers the other way, and now you're only laying two and a half, and all they got to do is win by three, but you tease through seven and three, and that helps you out in that respect as well. Yeah, Ron, you hit the nail on the head. And to me, this is why teasers are basically provide more value than than parlays in a lot of ways. Parlays, you really get tied in, suckered into the fact that you can turn a, a small amount of money into a big amount of money. You're really just laser focused on getting that huge payout. Whereas teasers, there's a little more math involved. There's a little more strategy involved. And because NFL teasers are so popular, Ron, you just provided a fantastic blueprint because talking about key numbers, the most common margins of victory are usually three points because of a field goal, seven touchdown with the extra point. You add that uh, touchdown extra point with a field goal, that's 10 points. So three, seven, 10, these are common margins of victory. Uh, more often than not, uh, numbers will end in this, uh, you know, 24-21 game, a 30-20 to 20 game, these margins. So as a result, this is where teasers can really be beneficial. So teasing through key numbers, you hit the nail on the head, really, really important. The more key numbers you can tease through uh, and go mm -hmm. right by, really, really important. So a good example, again, like you mentioned, we got to reiterate it, Ron, because this is really critical. An underdog, let's say they are at plus four and a half. You add six points to that get to 10 and a half why is that important because you just tease through seven and you tease through 10 so now if that underdog who uh was four and a half on the regular spread they lose by that key number of seven you cover because you got 10 and a half they lose by 10 you also cover because you got 10 and a half with, right. again the hook we love that term so love this is hook. why to me yeah the hook the hook is key ron um but this is to me why um, I put a little more stock into teasers going through key numbers because mm -hmm. uh, they're they're easier to win. And I think your probability um, of covering these teasers going through key numbers, there's really something to that that can really help you make some money. Whereas a parlay, um, you're just assuming more risk and it's harder. It's harder to win all these bets. Whereas you're going through key numbers, NFL, you really can make some money betting, uh, betting oh, yeah. through key numbers. And again, for uh, the uninitiated, hook means half point, just in case you weren't aware of that. Okay, key numbers for totals. By the way, Josh, this is something I'm still getting my arms wrapped around because I'm terrible at math. But give us some key numbers on totals. Yeah, key numbers on totals, you know, um, they're not as important as spreads overall. But, for example, like one I always think about is like 47 and a half. You know, when you're looking at, and again, add up um, – common margins of victory so let's say you have a 27 to 20 game add those up what does that equal 47 so therefore a lot of times you see a total that's maybe and again i, I think of like 47 and a half 45 and a half you know 43 and a half those kind of numbers overall but if we stick to that 47 and a half think of it this way 
if you want to bet the under, you want that hook and get the, the 47 and a half. Right. Because again, 27, 20 game, you can cash that under. On the flip side, you know, you get to 47, you would push, you want to take an over, you'd really want to shop for the best line and try to pounce on that number when it's 46 and a half. So again, it's not that it's only key numbers for spreads. They are there for totals, not as important because you could have, you know, a 16-10 game. There are different numbers overall. But to me, it's always being conscious of, um, you know, a 24-21 game. What's that? That's 45. Um, those are These are the numbers you want to keep in the back of your head. And always with key numbers, always ask yourself, I want to be on or off a key number. If, if the key number is uh, 47 and a half, I want to be um, below that, you know. If I'm uh, if I'm trying to bet the over, I want to be above it. If I'm trying to bet the under, um, and then also, Ron, you know, someone told a uh, great um, piece of advice at Veasan um, from some, from from some experts that we work with. The uh, the sharps do target a two team six point teaser in the NFL. That's another kind of value play because mm -hmm. in the NFL, very tight lines. You know, they don't move as much as college sports. The lines are, are harder to beat in the NFL. The odds makers are super good at setting these numbers. So a two-team teaser, uh, a two-team six-point teaser in the NFL, your odds are around minus 120. All you're doing is paying a higher juice. So if you can tease through a couple key numbers, a two-team six-point teaser in the NFL, um, some value there overall, uh, as well as teasing through key numbers. should also note there are correlated parlays. Some casinos and sports books allow them. Others don't, and there are rules that shade the gray as well. For instance, you're in a circumstance where you see, let's say the Rams are favored by eight and a half. You tease that down to two and a half. You see the total at 47 and a half. You tease it up to 53 and a half. So you take the Rams, lay the points, and bet the under. Some books will let you correlate that as a teaser. Others will not. And I should also note this, Josh because I want to know how contrarian you really are. There is a rule that I learned. Actually, I should have learned it a lot sooner than I did. Amal Shah taught it to me from VSIN. Don't tease through zero. Don't tease a team from a favorite to an underdog or vice versa, because at that point, you might as well bet that team on the money line and get better value. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with you, Ron. You know, a lot of thing, uh, you know, a lot of new bettors may say, you know, I can do a six point teaser. A team is minus three. So therefore I could tease them to plus three. In theory, that sounds great. You know, you could even lose the game. You could lose by two. You could still cover. Um, but that's important because, again, you're not paying a great price. Money line is the better way to go overall. You know, you could, um, you know, you're not, you, you basically the risk reward of the number you're laying isn't to your advantage. But then also, some books, you know, uh, a push would be considered a loss and your payout would be adjusted um, if one of those bets uh, pushes. So yes. that's the other, the other fine print too, Ron, because, you know, you're betting parlays, you're betting teasers. There's not a universal rule book. You know, different sports books have different fine print and rules for betting parlays, teasers. Payouts are different. Um, you know, different scenarios can either uh, change your payout, limit it, increase it, whatever it may be. So um, make sure that you have access to multiple books. Make sure you know what rules you're operating with because you would hate to, you know, have this great teaser, a great parlay, expect this payout, and then either lose the bet or have a much smaller payout because you didn't uh, remember that, okay, a push is regarded as a loss when you tease through zero, that sort of thing. So um, again, teasers to me, long story short, I, I'm a little more. Um, open and interested in teasers than I am in parlays. 
And to me, it's about all about those NFL going through key numbers. That's to me where the value is in two team six point teasers as well. Okay, and remember, we're talking a lot about football here, but a lot of these things can apply to other sports, although with teasers and parlays, especially with teasers, it tends to be more limited. But again, as Josh just pointed out, check the fine print to the extent that you care to, or if you're at the book, or if you have the opportunity to go into a chat on your tablet with the app you're using, and the casinos do allow for a chat service, go ahead and ask the question. They're happy to answer it. Better to do that before than after, especially if you find out, like you said, Josh, on parlays, sometimes a push is a loss. That's fine print you really want to read. Yeah, that's critically important, Ron. And, you know, we also talk about, um, you know, really the NFL in general where their teasers are most common. Um, but you can also look at teasers in basketball. You know, you can team uh, mm -hmm. tease teams, you know, uh, five points, seven points, six points, whatever it may be. So these are available in basketball. To me, um, I think NFL is, is kind of your, your go to spot for teasers in general, just based on these key numbers. I did read a study that in the NBA, I think the most common margin of victory was between two and seven points. So you can kind of take hmm. that for what it's worth. Hmm. But um, Interesting. to me. Yeah, you get into foul shooting and, you know, maybe oh, yeah. uh, a team blows it, the late free throws, that can really screw it up. So, um, again, teasers are available in, in basketball, but really the NFL, football in general, that's where you're going to find a lot of value with, with these key numbers, um, hopefully in your, in your back pocket, taking advantage of them. Okay, so learn about teasers. Teasers can be your friend. Parlays can be like crack if you're not careful. So just remember... Just be careful of those. Okay, Josh, one banana, two elephants, three diamond rings for my ex, four refrigerators, five Rolls Royces, six Netflix shows, seven breakfast tacos, eight iPhones, nine recordings by Post Malone, 10 vaccinations. You want to try that? Um, I'm going to take the loss, and I'm going to use that as a learning example not to bet too many parlays. <laughs> there you go. No parlays and no nine recordings from Post Malone but plenty more episodes to come. Hopefully you're joining us again on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting on VSIN. Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.